1: Yes, Jesus, He's the only correct, He's the only right door that we can enter through to get to heaven. The only way. Welcome to Core Truth Radio,
0: a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's core truth.
1: Jesus is the good shepherd. Can we conceive of anything more comforting than that? That he loves us, hears us, and wants to shepherd us? The only question is, will you and me allow him to be our good shepherd? Some would say, well, yes, I want Jesus to be my good shepherd. While others, you know, from different religions out there, they will say, well, we have a different way. We have a different process we go through. Just because you're in a religion, just because you're faithful to go to church and you go to church all the time, doesn't mean You went through the right door. Well, I entitled this message, Many Doors, as we look into John chapter 10. So let's read what it says here, picking up in verse 7 of John chapter 10. Jesus, therefore, said to them again, truly, truly. Now, this is the second time he says that here in seven verses. So it's like, hey, listen up. Listen up. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Okay, just to clarify, there's not all these different roads to heaven. Oh, you go this way. I'll go that way. You can be a Buddhist. You can be a Hindu. Uh, Jesus is like, "Uh, no. I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me, they're thieves and robbers. All these other religions, Jesus Christ is saying they are thieves and robbers. Now, why is he saying that? That's not fair. How can he say that? Because he is the creator god. He's the top of the food chain. There is no other god. He says every other statue, every other form that people, you know, somehow worship or whatever they have eyes but they can't see, they have ears they can't hear, they have mouths and they can't speak. So he says, "I am the only one here. Everyone else is a thief and a robber." But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved. And he shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well this is about halfway through Jesus' ministry here and all of a sudden it's like, Oh wow. Actually this is farther along than halfway. But it's like, Wow, he's just landing on the line here, kaboom, how do you like that? It's like I am the good shepherd. And I'm going to prove it because I'm going to lay my life down for my sheep. Understand, again, there's only one way to heaven. Jesus makes it very clear in verse 9. I am the door. If anyone comes through me, he shall be saved. It's a non-negotiable. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Acts 4 12 says and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved wow yes Jesus is the only true he is the only correct he is the only right door that we can enter through to get to heaven the only way And those that try to enter in another way, whether, again, it's by some other religious affiliation or by a series of good works. Because we think, well, certainly if I'm a good boy, if I'm a good little girl, I will certainly go to heaven, right? No, you will fail. You will fall short if you try to go any other way than through Jesus. All who claim otherwise, what does Jesus call them again? Thieves and robbers. These are robbers. They only want to exploit the sheep for their own personal gain and benefit. They are wolves in sheep's clothing, charlatans, false teachers, those claiming to be sent from God, yet they really don't care. Just like these religious leaders who rejected Jesus. They were only concerned about their own selfish gain. What does it say? Every time they tried to get Jesus, it was like they sensed the people were following him and not themselves anymore. The whole world's going after Jesus, they said. We have to kill him. We have to get rid of him. Wow. Yes, they really didn't care. But just like these religious leaders who rejected him, you know, they only wanted to satisfy their own selfish ambitions, Like we read earlier in Ezekiel 34, they were consumed with themselves. They didn't strengthen the weak. They didn't look after the diseased. They didn't help the broken. They didn't seek after those who were lost and fallen. You know, doing those things is the calling of each and every one of us who call ourselves Christians. For we will all have to give an account of our life in the end. I won't have to answer for you, you won't have to answer for me, but we will all stand before our maker one day, and it could happen very soon, for God will separate us as sheep and goats. All the true believers will be likened to sheep, and we will all stand to his right, while those who only posed as believers they were posers they'll be likened to goats and they will stand to his left listen to what jesus will say to all the true believers who are likened unto sheep and when we face him in heaven it says in matthew 25:34 he says come you who are blessed of my father he says, come. Isn't that going to be a great thing when we stand before God? And he says, come into the joy of your Lord. I've prepared a place for you. He says, come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, he will say to you, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. He's going to look at you and say, I was a stranger, and you invited me in naked and you clothed me i was sick and you visited me in the hospital i was in prison and you came to me then the righteous we're going to say uh, lord i don't remember going to you we're going to answer saying lord when did we see you hungry when did we feed you when did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink and when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer us. And he will say to us, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it as unto me. Amen. You know, what a joy it is to be able to serve the Lord. Every time that you do something for the Lord, you know, it's like, look, everyone's got their hand out here and I'm always hesitant to give anybody money because they usually don't want it for food, right? Now you want it to, you know, go buy another bottle or whatever, you know, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord just lays on my heart, now you need to give this one some money you know, and I, you know, and just, you know, there's just times you have to be sensitive to the Lord because I don't want to help enable someone to do something wrong. But at the same time, I don't always have time to go and buy them lunch or whatever. I had one of our shirts on our core church, the, there's a God in heaven that loves you on the back. And, and I uh, was up here at El Pollo Loco and, you know, this, uh, this homeless gal, you know, she came up to me and, and, uh, and, you know, I wasn't thinking about, I was wearing one of our shirts i just happened to have one on it's not like i was thinking like oh i got i got the core church shirt on i i better watch my p's and q's you know it's like so this homeless gal hits me up in the rush i mean she's inside and she's like can you buy me some food and i mean just you know kind of brutal about it and i just looked at her and i'm thinking like yes i can't and i just walked right back up to the cash register get this gal some food. And you know. And I got her some food. I, I, yeah, I didn't really have enough time to really think about it. And then this other gal in there, uh, she goes, I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, did what? She goes, I was watching you because I read your shirt before she came up to you. And then when she came up to you so blunt and just, ah, give me some food. Ah, you know, it's like, she goes, I was thinking to myself, you're going to blow her off. And you didn't. And it's like, Look, I wasn't doing that to be seen of anybody. But someone was watching. And you never know when someone's watching at your work. You never know when someone's watching wherever you're at. You don't know. And, you know, so I just try to make it a habit in life to try to be helpful for people. Now, sometimes it backfires, okay? Like, if someone drops something, I'll bend down and pick it up and hand it to them, especially if they're elderly. If I'm walking in a door, I'll hold the door open for someone else to walk through. You know, and people just don't do that that much anymore. People are like, thank you, thank you very much. It's just like, could you imagine if one of your coworkers was overwhelmed and you just say, hey, look, I'm going to do some of your work today. What do you mean? Well, I I know you're having a hard time today. I'm going to help you out. and Hey, you know, hey, I'm going to, you know, hey, I'm going to go get lunch and everything. Can I bring you something back? Can I buy you lunch, you know? can I mean, it's just like, you know, these little acts of kindness, it might not open a door of ministry for those that you know right now today, but it could open a door two weeks from now. They won't forget acts of kindness. People will not forget. Yes, you know, it says... That God wants to give us rest. David found his rest in the Lord. You know, people, the only way they're going to find their rest in the Lord is if maybe someone helps them find that rest. You ever think about that? But David found rest. It says in Psalm 23:1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for thou art with me. Notice how David had no wants because he was satisfied. He was well fed. His soul was restored. Yet he still had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But he feared no evil. While he was there in the valley of the shadow, he didn't fear an evil. Why? Because he knew he wasn't alone. For thou art with me, he said. Oh, how we should be less dependent on other people and more dependent on the true shepherd. God wants us to sit at his feet, not our own. Yes, David was very well fed and satisfied. And that's why he didn't fear. Because he knew he wasn't alone. Yes, the door to God's fold is open to everybody. Agnostics. Atheists. It's open to Muslims and Buddhists. It's open to every garden variety sinner who is willing to repent. But we have to walk through that door. You have to walk through. So it doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter what religion you're following. doesn't matter. But you've got to at some point walk away from what doesn't satisfy to the door of Jesus Christ that does satisfy. Jesus died for all. Look again at verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now let's pick up in verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Other sheep? I must bring them also and they shall hear my voice and they shall become one flock with one shepherd. Wow. Understand, Jesus was a Jew. He came for the Jew first and also the Gentile. But he's a Jew and he's talking to Jews here. The sheepfold was an analogy of a Jewish shepherd. But now Jesus says that there are other sheep other than Jews meaning all of us Gentiles. We also can now know God. The Apostle Paul, reflecting on this very same subject, said this about Jews and Gentiles. He said in Ephesians 2.13, But now, In Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off as Gentiles have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups, the Jews, the chosen people of God, and the Gentiles, those who were separated. He has made both groups into one and he broke down the barrier or the dividing wall. Verse 19 says, Then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of God's household. Wow. Yes, Jews and Gentiles. And God's eyes have now become one. For the God of creation is a respecter of no man or no woman. We all stand equal in his sight. But only those who come through his door, Jesus Christ, will find rest in this life. and eternal life in the future in heaven one day. Yes, Jesus is the door, yet there are many doors in this life, right? Many doors, and they are multiplying as we speak. There are many doors, but there is only one door to this life, and it leads to peace with God. Peace means a quietness of rest with God. Have you walked through that door? Do the people you know at work, have they walked through that door? Have your neighbors walked through this door? Have some of your family members? Yes, his sheep will hear his voice, for he calls us by name. Again, sheep are unique little creatures that have no natural sense of direction. They're clueless, they're completely like we said earlier, defenseless. They become an easy lunch for any predator animal. They cannot find their own food or water. Plus, they are easily frightened. Jesus warned us of the ultimate thief. Yes, there's a resident evil that's in this world. I think we can see it now more than maybe we've ever seen it. One who desires to destroy all of humanity. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren who accuses us before the throne of God day and night. He's the devil. And according to verse 10, Jesus says this thief has an agenda and that is to steal, to kill and destroy us, by the way. First Peter 5, 8 says, your adversary, he's not a friend, he's an adversary, the devil, he prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. James 4, 7, he says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. God has given us authority over him, that we can resist him. So when those temptations come, those things that are going to cause a separation between us and God, he says, we can resist the devil. And he will flee from us. And that's why Jesus said at the end of verse 10, he came to give us life and life abundantly. Some people will say, yes, I know that we'll have life in heaven and we'll be all happy and we'll be in new bodies and everything will be great. But I still live here in LA and I'm not so happy here. But God said that he can give us life during life. No matter what our circumstances are. Because let's face it, some of our circumstances stink, right? Anybody's circumstances stink right now? Okay. Am I the only one? Okay. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, life stinks. But yet, in the midst of even crummy, stinky circumstances, God says, I can give you life abundantly in the midst of those things. Only God can do that. No one else can do that. Okay, no one can do that. Yes, You know, in the Greek, that word abundantly means beyond what we're thinking. It means excessive. It's like a super abundant life, if you can imagine that. That's how God desires us to live. But how do we stir that up? It's through the reading and the study of His Word and becoming a student of His Word. It's becoming where every time you come across a promise in the Bible, you say, that's my promise. That's my promise. You have to look at the Bible like a treasure chest full of promises. So if you're reading something and it kind of, well, that sounds like a promise. Well, then that's your promise because you have become, according to Romans 8, 15, that you have become a child of God. He's adopted you and you are now his son or his daughter and we can cry out to him, Abba, Father, our Daddy, Daddy. Yes, but we must repent of our sin. We must repent of our uh, rebellion towards him. You know, we must make sure that we're in right standings with Him. If sin has dominated us, we need to repent from it. Know this, no matter how far we distance ourselves from God, it's only a short step back into His arms. Once we truly repent of our sin, Jesus can becomes that new open door for us once again, and He welcomes us back, and He will never turn us away. John six thirty seven Jesus speaking, says, All that the Father gives me shall come to me and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast away and Jesus of course confirmed this again in verse 9 when he said I am the door and if you come through him you shall be saved yes Jesus is the good shepherd he came to gather us together All who have wandered away. He came to gather those who have fallen. He came to gather those who are lost sheep of the world. Those who are lost and lonely. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he desires to lead us to a place of rest. Because he is the door. And when we go through him for everything in life. Everything becomes a great blessing then. So we still have problems there'll be days that you don't want to get out of bed all of those things but yet when we develop remember what he was saying we hear his voice how do you learn to hear his voice you spend time in the word and I don't want you to raise your hand but I just want to ask you again are you having a daily time in God's word can you say that every single day because see consistency is everything If you're only being fed by coming to church on Sunday, it's like that is not enough. It has to be a daily feeding. Could you imagine any animal? How many of you have dogs or cats? How many of those are cats? I'll pray for you. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, but could you imagine if you're a dog or cat, it's like, yes, I'm going to feed you once a week. Better chow down. (laughs) Your dog is not going to do good. Now, your cat, that's fine. But no, no, just kidding. But uh, anyway, but it's like it's like we don't feed ourselves, right? I mean, if, how many of you are like me? You can just pork down a massive lunch, like pork it down. Like just pork it down. And then like a few hours, you're hungry again. Okay, it's like, it's just what we do. We eat three times a day. Maybe that's a sign that we should Have some interaction with God, okay? So it's like when you start reading his word more and more, as you start saying, like, no matter what, I'm going to open that book. Even if it's just for 10 minutes a day, I'm going to open and I'm going to read. And I'm not just going to flip it open anywhere. I'm going to pick a book of the Bible. There's 66 books in the Bible, Pick one of them, start at chapter one, and then just, whenever you get done with your 10 minutes, put a little bookmark there, put a little, you know, pen mark, that's where I stopped, and then you pick up there again tomorrow. And if your 10 minutes on one day turns into 20 minutes, praise Jesus. If your 10 minutes turns into 30 minutes one day, great. But if it's just 10 minutes, then let it be 10 minutes. But make sure that you read slow enough to where you're thinking about what he's saying. Because you don't want to do the Evelyn Wood. Remember Evelyn Wood? I mean, am I dating myself now? It used to be the speed reading thing. Yes, I just read 10 chapters in my 10 minutes. Oh yeah, what did you read about? I, I don't know. You ever have that happen to you? Happens to me all the time. I'll be reading it's like, wait a minute, I, I started daydreaming. Okay, I, I stop. I go back and read it again because it's like, it's, it doesn't do you any good to read more if you're not going to sit there and try to think about what it's saying. But I'm telling you, as you do this, God will speak to you and you will start hearing his voice as you read because you're going to come across things and all of a sudden there's going to be that still small voice that says this is you and i want to do this in your life see that's what happens i'm
0: telling you it'll happen thanks for joining us for core truth radio you've been listening to pastor and bible teacher steve wilburn of core church los angeles If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 349.